What's going on, everybody? We're back again with another super special bonus episode. Today, oh wait, we should probably say who we are, huh? Yeah, right. Right. I forgot how to do the intro. I know you did. Damn it. <laughs> well, I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And we are the Hashtag Adulting. And Other Bad Ideas Podcast. And today, like I was saying before I fucked that up, um, we have a very special guest. Probably none of you are going to know because we're giant nerds. <laughs> But we're really excited about it. But we have Sean Tanner, who actually was one of the creators, or the creator, of a game that Brian and I are obsessed with called Soda Dungeon. Right. Which Hi, I, Sean. I, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Sean, what did you do with those two months of my life that I gave you? <laughs> um, we just uh, we worked on part two. We've just been working on it for, uh, you know, like a year now. God, it seems so long. Oh, but, man. You know. I want to get I want to get to that, but let's back up a little sure, bit. Sure. So I I know that you're. This was kind of affiliated with Armor Games, which real quick. I used to have a job where it's like I had to be there all day, but mm-hmm. it <laughs> I only worked for maybe like an hour or two. So the rest of the times I was on Armor Games like all the time. That was like how right. I, that's how I survived that that yeah. time in my life. And so and that was a, a few years ago, like in the heyday of flash online games. And then one one day. This, this little game shows up in in the the new games called Soda Dungeon, and I'm like, all right, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it to level 100, and and that then sparked like a four to six week like episode where we just didn't mm-hmm. do anything else but play the game. But before I get into that, so how how are you associated with Armor Games? Are you still like give us a little back story about yourself? Sure, sure. So um, I kind of go uh, back pretty far with Armor Games. Um, Armor has been around for a long time. Um, I don't know how long you guys have uh, played like web games or flash games on the internet. I have like, for a very long time. <laughs> okay, so so you know about like the Newgrounds era and yep. Congregate and all all kinds of stuff like that. Oh yeah. So you know, I started. Um, I mean, I started making flash games on Newgrounds back in like mid two thousand uh, whatever six five six something like that. Okay. And um, Armor Games was actually one of the first sites to do um, like a contest. Like back then, Flash was kind of just you would make games for fun. Um, but Armor Games would start doing these uh, contests where you could win money and, and, you know, put games and get like a couple thousand dollars, like if you got first or second place or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, back then, I made a game called Territory War, which was kind of like a ripoff of um, uh, maybe not a ripoff, but it was like a worms themed game where you, you kind of like controlled stick figures and they would battle each other and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so I ended up winning um, the, to my knowledge, the first contest that Armor Games did. I did a couple uh, projects with them where they sponsored the games, and we put them up. You know, we um, uh, we would take the game and we put them on Addicting Games or Newgrounds or Armor Games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and uh, we actually kind of um, like that was it for a little bit. I did a few games with them, and then I kind of moved on to some other projects for a while. Um, and then, you know. Fast forward to 2015, back when we we started working on Soda Dungeon, uh, and we were kind of pitching it to ourselves as a, um, or we, we thought maybe it would make a good mobile game. And so I was just like, you know what, let me uh, let me send a message over to Dan and see if you know if, are, are they still like sponsoring games and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, so I sent it over to him, and he was like, hey, this is really good. We should work something out. And um, that's just how we you know we kind of went from there. Cool. Yeah. That's, so have you always wanted to to be like a game designer, or is that just like I like video games, and then I created one, and then I stumbled into it. <laughs> so, like, when I was really young, I used to get, um, I had subscribed to Nintendo Power magazine. Ah, uh, uh, yes. That takes and, me back. And I, I remember specifically they had an issue that covered, they talked about, like, um, 
I think DigiPen uh, in in Washington, like basically you know game development university. And I saw that and I was like, oh my god, I like I I want to go there. I'm gonna make video games, like all this stuff. Like obviously that didn't quite happen, but between you know seeing stuff like that and playing a ton of video games when I was when I was younger, um, I was like, hey, I think this is you know I, I was always interested in it. Um, and then when it came to the the era of Flash, when you could just basically get a free copy of Flash online and you could like you could actually make games. Um, you know, like the uh, the first stuff on Newgrounds that was just kind of amazing because no, there was nothing like it on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I saw that and I was like, I got to try that. And so that was, um, so I definitely got into it for fun for a while, uh, you know, back 2004, 2005. I, I, you know, I did like stupid animations and stupid games and whatever. Um, and then, you know, basically the, the timing hit pretty good because what happened was, um, when I, if I remember correctly, when I, when I won that armor games contest, um, I, I want to say 2006, uh, I was getting ready to graduate college and, um, that's when I, so I'd actually made some money from that. And then I was living with my parents at the time and I was like, Hey, maybe, um, I was like, Hey guys, basically like I made some money from games. Do you, do you care if I just kind of like live here for a little while and I'm going to try making more money from this? And, and they were like, you know, they were cool with it. They thought it was cool. Um, so I just, I, I probably spent the next two, two or three years just doing that and slowly was able to build up, you know, um, just, uh, a, a, I don't want to say like a, a fan base, but I, I was able to make games that people recognized and, and, you know, I could put them out and, and get a decent amount of money for them for, you know, for living with my parents. So that's just, I just kind of went from there. Um, is that, so is that what you do full time? You just doing games now? Yes, currently. Very um, cool. Yeah, so um, between so it, it's it's really weird uh, to describe the the game stuff because um, I get you know I get asked about that and I like I never want to um, emphatically be like oh yeah like go into games it's like totally secure because it's, <laughs> it's really not um, I I've been lucky in a lot of ways um, you know just from you know for one thing is you you just see a lot of people that um, they they go they they want to like quit their day job and they, they go to make games and, and cause it's like a passion of theirs. And then it just doesn't work out at all. And, right. and there's just like, there's so many factors to it. You know, I, I, I was able, I was fortunate enough to do it when I didn't have anything to lose. I was just, you know, a kid in my parents' basement. Um, if I didn't make any money that month, well, you know, big deal. Didn't like matter, my parents yeah. weren't going to kick me out. So, um, you know, I, I got a, uh, I got time to try that out and then I, I got decent at it. Like I, I acquired the, the skills that I needed so that today, like I, I can, I can, I already have that, you know, sort of backing. So, right. um, and, and I, I made sure to save up a lot of money cause like the, um, the money you make from games is very volatile. Like it's just, I've had years that have been like terrible and I've had years that have been really good, but you know, because over a long enough period of time, it evens out. I'm like usually fine. Yeah. Um, so currently, yes, uh, that's Soda Dungeon has, uh, since we've released it, um, Soda Dungeon has been my full-time job. Uh, between maintaining the original game and working on the the upcoming sequel. Okay, Bef before we get into like Soda Dungeon, because I have a lot to say about that. Well, <laughs> you, you mentioned some of the games that you played growing up. So imagine, so I, I was born in the early '80s. I imagine you're somewhere in there. Like, what were some of your favorites, like on Nintendo or Super Nintendo? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was born in '85, and okay. um, my parents got me an NES when I was four, I think. So late late '80s is when I. Um, First started getting into it and then you know like most kids of course you get into like mario and, and zelda and stuff like that yep um so 
I was like, I remember uh, remember being really bad at NES games. Like my my dad <laughs> could beat me at Mario. Like he could make it to the castle and I couldn't. Uh, really pissed me off. <laughs> and then like, you know, I play like Zelda, and I just keep dying on the second screen. I'd be like, this sucks, but like I still play it. I don't know. I just video games are so awesome. I had to keep playing. Um, but I think it was probably when I got into the Super Nintendo era that like I really decided I loved games. Like Mario, like Super Mario World. Um, and then Super Metroid. I think Super Metroid is probably one of my one favorite of the, games. One of the best games of all time. Game. It's amazing, yeah. yeah. It's it's so good. Um, and just there were so many amazing games on Super Nintendo. And um, it was around that time that, um, it, at least for us, we started going to like a video rental store more often. So like every weekend I'd, I'd rent some new game. And I just thought it was amazing because I could go in and there'd be like a wall full of games. And I'd pick something <laughs> out. And, yep, I, know, I remember so. that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, and then th- th- like dumb games too, like Mortal Kombat. Like I love like... I was terrible at it, but I still loved playing Mortal Kombat and like looking at my Nintendo Power and f- trying to do all the fatalities and stuff like that. They're so. ridiculous. Dude, I've codes. always, I've always, <laughs> I love that game. I've always been horrible at it, and it's gotten even games. worse because I don't know if you've played any like the the new ones, but just like, barely. <laughs> like Mortal Kombat X, like you think that the old school codes that you have to punch in to do like a right. fatality are hard. It's like they're now like, okay, we'll swipe the trigger left and then press this trigger. Just do a figure eight. Yeah. Hop on one foot uh, and do a backflip. And, yeah, I, and I then it'll I work. Have, um, like Mortal Kombat X, I, I think I tried a little bit with my friend. It was like kind of fun, but I don't know. I was just like, I was like done by that point. I was like, I'm not, I'm not oh, learning all this stuff. They're insane yeah, now. Ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, okay. So moving on to Soda Dungeon, let, Sean, like how I got into that and this maybe this segue because i'm going to fanboy out about this for a minute and then, <laughs> sure. and then you can just me too and then you can just kind of latch on and, and and respond to whatever you want to <laughs> sounds good <laughs> is so you know i started playing it and i was going to make it to level 100 and then i'm like okay like it's it's one of these because I, I i was familiar with clicker heroes and i got into that for a little bit mm-hmm. and i'm like is this going to be another clicker heroes um clone or whatever and then so i started the second time through now and then what i started to notice about soda dungeon and I, I want to know how much of this was by design and how much of it was by luck. And I, I have a feeling it's more by design after talking to you is, is how well balanced of a game that it is. There's a very defined like beginning game and then there's a mid game and then there's an mm-hmm. end game. And yes, there's grinding, but there's never so much grinding that it's like it's discouraging. It's not like, oh man, I got to grind for like two or three weeks before I'm going to get to this next part here. Right. It's, so Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say it's, it's very much by design up to a certain point. Um, and then we kind of like let it and then, you know, and then we let people test the game and, and find out what their complaints are. Because right. um, so uh, like absolutely the for the most part or not for the most part, but like without a doubt, um, the first 20 levels of the game are very, very carefully designed so that you uh, t- to try and hook players. Yeah, um, because there's no matter what you do, um, obviously you can make different decisions for, um, you know, equipping your characters and attacking enemies, but it, in those first, you know, two, three, four times through the dungeon, um, you, there's always something new. So like, you're either going to make it a level farther, you're going to get an item you didn't have before. Um, someone's going to like, uh, uh, talk to you in the town or like the tavern owner will have something for you. And, um, we, we really try to cement the idea that you can't lose anything, right? So it's like your characters, you know, you get to the end of the fight, and but you still have your gold, yeah. you still have their what, what does he say? Like, oh, that's just part of the game, you know, because yeah, the guy runs away. Game. Yeah, <laughs> And because um, that was, you know, um, very early testing, we had people that would play it and be like, they, they would be really hesitant to finish the battle because they knew their character was going to die. And they're like, what do I do? And I was yeah. like, it's, it's fine. But I, I understood that they didn't, like, that's not what... Um, 
necessarily a normal game mechanic of like, oh yeah, I just you let your team die, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, they and technically they don't die; they run away. They're right. HP yeah, and they they, go, they they run or you know, whatever. What's, what's his name? So, Soda Jerk. He's like, I've got a wife and kids. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> so. so you know, we, we tried to be really careful with the first uh, twenty levels specifically to make sure that people enjoyed the game. Right. Then beyond that, you know, it was like okay, level levels one to one hundred are the next most important because that's like our our dimension. That's kind of like the core game loop. Like here's going to be your areas, here's your enemies, here's like your your main playthrough. You get to level one hundred. There's a special boss. So you had to make sure that people could get to level one hundred. Um, but beyond that, I, I think. Um, to make it easier on us, like when uh, when we kind of design these enemies, like I'm not I'm not really good at math. I, I can do the basic stuff, but um, I, I just made sure that um, all the enemies grow in a very linear fashion. Okay. So there's like you know, no matter where you go, um, uh, you know, in, in the spectrum of the game, like the enemy HP will only ever grow by two to three compared to like the last level. Yeah, and it's like that pretty much uh, until you know up to infinity. Um, Whereas other games, uh, and, and I don't, I don't want to claim I know their systems intimately. I don't know for sure, but uh, a lot of their, uh, especially idle clicker games, get into like um, exponential. Yes, type I was going to say it feels, and it felt like yeah. that too. That there was like this exponential leap that you had to overcome. Where this feels a lot more linear, you know. And mm-hmm. it, it was so even if there was grinding, like on this playthrough, I'm like, I'm like, man, okay, I'm in level uh, dimension four, dimension five, and I'm like, I remember this and. Let me try a different configuration, but just the the playability of the game, like the builds, like I, I remember getting on Reddit and being like, okay, like here's a three night two healer build, you know, and just and just yep. trying different things. And then I get stuck mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I'm going to try the merchant because he, he does this 50-50 spell yeah. that you like you can take down big bosses with and just... And then the more you went, it just got the number of items that you guys put into this. It's it just insane. Like <laughs> tons. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's, that's probably what I was like um, really worried about and also very happy about was that um, I didn't know how that the, the middle to end game was going to go. You yes. know, we just we, we we really focused on those first 100 levels. Like when we put the game out, we were like we like weren't even 100 percent sure that people would play the game enough to get to level 100 we were like is this because the problem is when you work on a game you know you're so used to playing it and testing it that it's not very fun anymore no <laughs> yeah it's work so it's just work at that point so yeah and and so I, I can't you know it's impossible for me to sit down and play level one to 100 and be like oh that was a really fun experience because i just like i'm going through the motions yep. um so you you get kind of um you get nervous about it because you spend so much time working on it and you're like well i, I hope people will at least get to level 100 so people did and then you know uh the whole stuff with like the warriors dimension and like going up to like a level 1000 with all these different um uh bosses each time it was just sort of like well we'll put that in just to see if like people want to do it like oh uh, man you had no idea what you were getting into (laughs) no idea no idea um you know it just it was almost like just uh i I don't remember the exact time period because it took a little bit for the game to catch on like we didn't immediately get a ton of downloads or anything right but it it wasn't very long before you know people were just uh, posting or messaging us, you know, like level 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 10,000, 100,000. I was like, oh my well, God, this is insane. I was going to say, should we tell them how far we got? No, that, there was a very distinct <laughs> moment in the game where I realized that the math could be beaten. And at that point in time, that became my 
goal. Yeah, like break, break the math. Like I'm, I, mm-hmm. like I remember, I like Mike was living with me at the time when he first moved down here, and I'm like, I'm like, I think we can break the math in this game. <laughs> That's what I'm going to try and do. And so we, you know, we have a band, and so we would have practice, and I would have, we would have <laughs> both of our laptops up doing these like super deep runs in the layer of despair, which we're going to get on that in a, in a minute because <laughs> I want to know, I want to know what kind of drugs you were taking to come up with. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? But so we were getting to these super deep runs that it would be going for like two or three days until like I reached the point where I'm like, it was perpetual. Like I had, mm-hmm. you know, the shapeshifters and they were all um, dark mage wizard combos except for one guy who was a night thief combo yep. and everything was leveled up exponentially and I'm like, I did it. Like, and it was such a <laughs> satisfying feeling to be like, okay, I out beat the math in this game and I again, I don't know the math behind it, but that was just the way it was designed was so satisfying to play. I, I, I would, I would love to take more credit for that part, but that, that in particular is not by design. That's more us just saying like, okay, we know the game works up to this point right. and, and we, we think we've put enough things into place for it to make sense. And then we just kind of set it free. Like I have a feeling that no matter what that point would have happened somewhere, wh- right. whether it would have been earlier or later or whatever, but just the way we set up the base of the game, it was like, well, this kind of has to happen. The the only thing I, I, we probably could have changed, I guess, is is um, to maybe have increased the costs of the relic leveling to be harsher, yeah. Um, so that you couldn't, um, you know, kind of boost up that far. But and and I mean, we did talk about like changing stuff, but. On the other hand, it's like, yeah, people are like having fun doing this. So, like, what what would be the point of us just taking that away now? Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I thought the difficulty level was was it was challenging. It wasn't like, and I'm all for short games. I'm I'm less into like, okay, this game is 200 hours of your life, you know. But this one is mm-hmm. is right in the middle where it's like, okay, it's a challenge. And when I beat something, I'm like, I'm really satisfied and like, I, like beyond that in the middle and end game, it really like just worked out. Well, and the other thing that I noticed too about this game is, and, and I haven't found anything like this game no, at we've, all. No, we've looked, yeah. Uh, is the, like, especially on mobile games specifically or, or something like this where, you know, like I have an Xbox and those type, like I can play those games and go through the storylines. Like I just, I just finished Far Cry mm-hmm. and, and that was a long game, but it was, it was very interesting to play through. But with mo- mobile games, I'm not looking for something that I'm going to sit there on an RPG and play through like for sure hours and hours right. and hours of like all this different strategy stuff. Like I want something that is not like a clicker type thing because I've played those and those get boring really quickly. Yeah. But there is something about this game that just keeps you going because it's just enough that you're doing as far as setting the loadouts and you know picking it, designing your builds. And which we we both learned very quickly after the first run through that like it makes a huge difference to actually set your own <laughs> oh, loadouts. Yeah. yeah, let me. Yeah, we're gonna get oh, to yeah. that in a minute, Sean, because I got a bone to pick with you. But about that. but it was. Uh, I, I think I might know what it is, but no, go ahead. It was just it was one of those things where like I always found myself wanting to come back, and and Brian and I like for me it was always this. Am I going to find out like more stuff? Like maybe after level one million, there will be more things. <laughs> That's I do feel bad about that because I, I well I know that a lot of people love just like basically watching the number go higher, right. you know, yeah, playing certain awesome. bouts and like finding out how much they can uh, accumulate in one run. But you know, um, there's there's technically uh, okay for the longest time there wasn't any new content after level one thousand. That was that was kind of like the soft end of the game. Right. Um and then when we saw how much people were playing it, that's when we we started adding some like new special mythic items that I think were after level one thousand. Uh we did the layer of despair. Um 
but you know, there's just there's not like I I feel like some people do play with the expectation that like oh man at like level one hundred thousand there's got to be something crazy and there's right. just, that was how <laughs> I played. There. <laughs> yeah, Mike was Mike was because the narrative is interesting. There's enough going on that you're like okay I saved the world and it's like okay now I'll go save this next dimension and I'm like okay like I got you like and then you're you're pushing and then there was a little bit of like. Man, there's got to be something secret when we get to some ridiculous <laughs> number. No. I think by the time we got to level like 800,000, we were like, I don't think there's anything else. <laughs> no, it's just like, we're yeah. getting like, what's the highest currency? It's caps, isn't it? Yeah, caps. Okay, is and yes, there's just, we're just getting one. like millions of caps, like every every, every time we run, every well, time we kill somebody. Yeah. And we also, we got to a point, or at least I did, well, I guess we both did. We were both, we were both on that same playing right. level as when we got to that point, but it literally turned into a situation where. I had to manually stop the run. Yeah, I, after it, like yeah, it after like me. four or five days, I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. no one's gonna kill me. I still have full like I have the the knight who can help me get, get the, the fountain, fountain every time. time. Yep. Like I'm mm-hmm. just there's there's so you're you're you so far ahead <laughs> of the linear scale. And see that's what I like because it's not exp- it's hard, but it's not impossible. Where it's like okay, mm-hmm. you're never gonna succeed at this. So that was very cool and enjoyable okay i have i have a quick question this one Mm -hmm. maybe isn't even a thing but so i one of my favorite parts about the game was in between dimensions when you talk to this being (laughs) this universe (laughs) being and and he kind of you know he's the one that gives you the relics and gives you the the different uh you know stat boosts and all that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to find out who that is, or is it just like a that was like just a way to progress the story? I mean, it's sort of yeah. For the most part, it's a way to progress the story. Um, it's that, whoever that, you want it to be, Mike. <laughs> That's what <laughs> that that character will definitely uh, return in, in part two. Yes, um, it's kind of, it's kind of just a way for us to like have fun with the game, like just to be a little like tongue in cheek with it. Um, in my mind, and like I don't even want to say this is canon, because there's a couple of us that work on the game. So I, I, I like I, I wrote most of the dialogue for like that stuff, and in my mind, that's just us kind of like almost breaking the fourth wall, but not really, <laughs> just just kind of like making up dumb shit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> uh, so like so like in a way, it's it's almost like us speaking, but not quite. So that's that's about the best I got. It kind of felt, it kind of felt like that, <laughs> you know. Awesome. It did it did when we got to that point. That makes me like it even more. I'm like, ooh, Sean said this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Sean. That's Sean. He's talking to me. Like when I get to. So the attention to detail that you guys put in. So after and and when I found the game, this was probably last year. Mike, do you think? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, last year. So in 2017, it was like last and May, all the stuff had been added. Like all of the 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 upper echelon items and the layer of despair and just mm-hmm. the attention to detail. Like when you upgrade the kitchen all the way and you come in to get the, the low level guy, if sometimes he turns into like dinner boy and I'm like, there's all these like little things that made <laughs> the game. Yeah. We, we really, um, just hiding really like dumb shit in the game was just a lot of fun. So we tried to make sure we had some of that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's stuff like that that makes it, I can tell that this is like not just, okay, we're just going to put out a game. It's like you guys really cared about this and just mm-hmm. all the different, you know, weapons and items and, and trying to get that, that level 10, like ridiculous item that I would just run through until I, I got all of them. And just, right. I don't even think, because Mike and I were both doing these super deep runs into like 70,000, 80, level 80,000 or something like that. And we didn't have all the same items. Like he had some that I didn't have and I had some that he didn't have, even mm-hmm. at that point in the yep. game. Which yeah, is, I think some of those um, 
just because we, uh, we, it got to a point where I think even our, our quote unquote most rare items, like we would see people post online and they would have like a hundred, uh, each of them. And it was like, okay, well fine. Like we just, we started putting stuff in that was like stupid rare that would just was like a really low number, no matter what, um, that you had to have, um, excuse me. I think you had to have like a minimum item fine for to even have a chance of it spawning. And then once you did, it was still a really like rare or a high, uh, number, right. um, that you would or that you wouldn't get it. So, hmm. so, so let's let's go back to to the beginning of all of this. Like, I remember when Brian told me about this game, I was like, "All right, I'll give it a shot." Um, you know, because he typically likes somewhat different games than I do, and I was like, "All right, whatever." Mm-hmm. And so when I got into it, and especially when I started to see like through the first hundred levels, just the the premise of of the different sodas and and. Which is such a what, cool idea. Yeah, I love well, that so, idea. so and I guess that's where my question goes: is like, where, what was the inspiration for Soda Dungeon specifically? Like, you have some really weird stuff, and we'll get into some of the like Lair yeah. Despair <laughs> and the characters, um, but just in general, like, why Soda? Um, it's it's pretty basic, actually. Um, if I remember correctly, so the game started. Um, so Pox had a bunch uh, of enemy sprites. So before Soda Dungeon was a thing, he had. Like, almost all the enemies you see in the game existed before Soda Dungeon was even a thing. It was from an older project he worked on that fell through. So he had this whole, like, he had, like, 100 enemy sprites that he'd made. And he's like, I, uh, and I... I've known Pox for a long time. We worked on stuff in the past. So he messaged me and he was like, hey, can we, like, do anything with this? And I was, like, looking through. I'm like, hey, like, this is, like, a lot of cool stuff here. Um, I was like, yeah, let's, like, uh, you know, make, like, a battle game or something out of this so we just you know we kind of start tossing ideas around we do like a simple prototype and pretty soon we have like a super basic like final fantasy one type um kind of like what you see now in the dungeon but just like a much simpler version um you know of just like guys battling um enemies or whatever right and we're like okay that's cool and i don't know at what point in time we decided there had to be a tavern um i think that may have been pox's idea uh but that was sort of like I think that just kind of came from like, all right, well, these characters have to go back to a town. You go to the town, you like refill your health and, you know, whatever. And uh, well, there's a tavern there. Why not? So uh, then uh, the, the game actually started as like, it didn't have a title, but it was basically Beer Dungeon. Like the, like the whole premise <laughs> of the first guy, like the soda junkie was basically like a drunk guy. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I think yes. I think like his original sprite name was just called the drunk or, or something like that. And right. the idea was just that like he would go to the tavern and like the tavern owner would just be like, yeah, dude, go in the dungeon and find some shit. And he would just like load him up on alcohol and he'd be like, oh, okay. Um, so damn it, why can't we, actually, we have we, an explicit kept, version of that? <laughs> so we kept we kind of kept with that theme for a while. And as time went on and we got a little more serious about putting it out as a mobile game. It's not that you can't do like alcohol themes, but it's like if we're gonna um, go through so much effort to make this game, like let's you know let's try to make it to a, a broader the audience. Right, audience yeah, possible, it, it right. attracts a different audience yeah. if you do it that way. I get that. Yeah, and then so so we're like, okay, well, what if it was just soda? And then like it was just kind of funny because it was funny to us because the character who was a drunk is now just he's like the same guy, but now it's just like it's just soda. soda. He's, like, he's, he's addicted he's to like going to the dungeon. He's addicted to soda. That's it. Yeah, I, I mean, so. We're like, okay, so it'll be it'll be Soda Dungeon, and then you know, w- once you set the kind of like the name and theme, a lot of stuff follows suit. Well, it's like, all right, well, you can like buy sodas in the in the tavern, and each each soda like attracts a new person and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty much that's how uh, we got to Soda Dungeon. Uh, that's so. that's amazing. That's an even better that, story. It makes it I even better. I'm like, I, I'm like, I love the game even more now. <laughs> so. 
but okay, with the layer of despair, <laughs> which there have been multiple times when we were playing that where I would have to like pause the game and I would show Mike, I'd be like, what is going on with this? And like, like, have you seen this one? It was just the weirdest stuff. Is that pox? <laughs> like the Wilson ball. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Wilson. So that, or the dinosaur like throwing like... up on himself. It's just like, what? <laughs> um, that was pretty much like all pox. Like, okay. We decided at one point, you know, um, people were playing the game a lot and we're like, okay, so we got to make a new dungeon. Uh, the problem was the game wasn't really made... Like, a lot of the code in the game is, is really basic, simple stuff. Like, yeah. back from when we, we built the game, as just, like, a really basic Final Fantasy battle game. And the game wasn't really set up to, like, recognize different dungeons. Like, we couldn't just, like, swap in a new dungeon and it would just, like, work. So we, we kind of did this, like, hacky thing where... Uh, and I wouldn't recommend doing it, but I mean, it's just all we could do. We basically like behind the scenes, like the layer of despair is a, is a new dungeon or, or sorry, um, uh, to, to the player, it, it is a new dungeon, but behind the scenes, it's basically it's just the same original map, dungeon, yeah. but we just like swap a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes. So it's just like when it goes to pull out the enemy sprite for that area, it just adds like, um, a, a letter to it. Uh, I, I forget. It, it adds like underscore LOD or underscore something to it. Uh -huh. And it just like pulls out a different sprite. And then we just do the scaling a little bit harsher. So whatever formula scales the normal dungeon, it'll just take an extra step and it'll say, oh, well, you're in the layer of despair. So like actually make it a little bit stronger. Gotcha. You know, so just like some really hacky stuff. Um, so yeah, we decided that we we're just going to kind of do this joke dungeon. And um, I, I think I, I, if I, if I remember correctly, I think Pox just sent me over a ton of enemy sprites, and I was just like, this is hilarious. Like, there were just all these warped, weird versions yeah. of the enemies, and I was like, okay. And I was like, are you going to do this for all of them? He's like, yeah, why not? I was like, you're going to do every single enemy, you're going to just change it to some thing. He's like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, if you if you want to. Like, <laughs> that's more work, way more work for you than it is me, but if you want to do that, I'll put them all in. And um, yeah, and he just, he kind of went crazy and just went to every single enemy and made it some weird, random... Uh, reference or silly creature or like uh, like video game type thing. And yeah. Some of that stuff is so <laughs> random. I'm just like, what is <laughs> yeah. going on with this? So, yeah. And, and you spend a lot of time in the Lair of Despair. After you beat the main game and the main dungeon, like you figure out that like, oh, there's better stuff in the Lair of Despair. So then you just start going there like all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that again, that was another one of those things that we were kind of nervous about because like, you know, the entire game, like up to that point, I think it was at least the game was out at least a year before we did the layer of despair. Right. And, um, it, the game was already like just kind of set up and balanced for the original dungeon. And I was like, it was kind of scary. I was like, can we just like drop another dungeon in and just like have it also be there? And I mean, it, the, the main thing is we just had to limit your progress by the other dungeon. So you couldn't get into some like weird situation where you, you got to like level 10,000 in the layer of despair, but you like never beat the original dungeon. Yeah, I, I don't right. think that's even possible, but we tried to no. make sure that couldn't happen. Yeah, because so. it doesn't unlock. I highly doubt that. But the, so, yeah. but the thing the thing that I love about the, the layer of despair is, it, it, especially with what you're talking about, it sounds like it was kind of like a experimental, like, oh, let's see if this works. But it mm -hmm. actually works to your advantage within the, the normal game because I find myself, like, like I'm in uh, Dimension 6 again right now, and... And a lot of the times what, what I'll do is I'll go and I'll go into the lair and do runs there for, you know, a few hundred levels or whatever my guys can get to. Um, and then I know that's going to give me some more money that goes yeah, that I, I go can put into, money. yeah, like mm -hmm. it, it literally just turns into a grind for a little bit just to, right. to rank up as much as you can. And then when I go back into the regular dungeon to go back and like beat through the actual boss and, and rank the game up. 
I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I've got this. So it becomes like an extra strategy piece. Hmm. Yeah, well, no, that, that's how I use it. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> well, and, and that was the other thing, too, is because, you know, the layer of despair, like, originally it was just like, well, people are at like level 10,000, so we got to give them something else to do. So for the most part, we designed it with the idea that, like, um, that people probably wouldn't go there until they got through the main game. Um, but then we were like, well, uh, I, I think Pox actually was like, well, why don't we just like put it there anyway? Because like, who cares if it's really hard? Like, they're just gonna go in and get their ass kicked, and then they either do or don't <laughs> go there. Right. And I was like, yeah, why not? So I think I, I forget actually. Can you start going there once you get to Dimension Two, or is it even earlier? Yeah, it's, it's Dimension, Dimension two. two, and you have yeah. to okay, get to yeah. level. So he, yeah, yeah. The, the dude just shows up, and he's like, yeah, there's this other dungeon here. What's so his name Fabulo. Uh, Fabulo. 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 Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, we just yeah we just went with it and. Um, yeah, I, I guess now that I think about it, I'm like, hmm, because we're um, obviously Soda Dungeon Two is going to be very similar, but we're we're like kind of doing a couple different things, and um, n- now I'm like double, uh, I'm like thinking, I'm like, well, wait, do we have something that like supplements or, or that that stands in like for the equivalent of the layer of despair in right. Soda Dungeon One? So um, uh, we're just we're gonna have to have people test it though, and just kind of see you know how it goes. Can but, we be those people? <laughs> wow, wow, that so, that was uh, subtle. Because, um, <laughs> We're going to have an online sign-up here um, in, uh, sometime in October. I don't know exactly when yet. Right. So, you know, w- the, the Soda Dungeon 2 is basically in alpha state, what we're considering an alpha. And so we're going to show it publicly at a game convention in September. And then October, we're just going to do an online sign-up for, like, a couple days. Um, and, I mean, if, if you, like, because I think you guys follow us on Twitter. Um, I do, yeah. Would, like, my idea was actually to, like, limit it to, like, 50 or 100 people, but... Armor Games was just like, dude, just let everyone in for like a day or two. Just anyone who signs up can play it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's where I'm just going right to, I'll just pay attention to when that happens and then we'll both yeah. do that. Okay. <laughs> and, and honestly, even if for whatever reason you guys don't make it in, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a message. Aww. I'll make sure you guys get in. Thanks, man. Oh, uh, see, that's, <laughs> that's all I was looking for. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so one more thing about the game and then I'll, I'll tell you about my, my, my grievances that I will air mm-hmm. on behalf of all the fans <laughs> that like I'm sure you've heard a million times. So I, I love the bosses about how it's not just, a straight up grudge fight every time like it it challenges you so like you get to dimension five and you have to use the spoiler alert if you haven't played so yeah, right. and <laughs> right. you have you have to heal the boss which is just so frustrating because i've built my whole build <laughs> around this and I'm, I'm like okay i gotta get four healers and a knight to this you know from 491 to 500 mm-hmm. um the guy that reforms himself in level four you know it's like oh, i hate that you guy. know and then yeah. the worst one sean is Level 800 where you have to uh, use the fighters, oh, which yeah. I was not I prepared for. That is <laughs> yeah, your fault. You, you forget about them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm never going to use these guys. I don't need to. I don't need to upgrade the relic. <laughs> oh wait, I need to upgrade the relic. <laughs> so that's that's been like a really controversial topic, like ever since the game has come out. Uh, so as you guys probably know, like once you get past level 1,000, they lose their special um, abilities, like their the healing thing and like the the fighter stuff. Um, right. Oh yeah, that's true. not even. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that that's true. I was just I was playing oh, through yeah, yeah. and I got through uh level five hundred again and I'm like, wait, I, I don't remember having to do this mm-hmm. before, but yeah, you do have to do it until you beat level um a thousand. So Yeah, so it used to not even be like that. They always just kept their special abilities. But we got because that's the problem, um, since you guys kinda mentioned before, like like how Soda Dungeon isn't exactly it, it's it's a somewhat unique kind of genre and we really like straddle the line between clicker and just like normal type of RPG, game sometimes. Yeah. You know, so uh, us being like just um, 
typical game players, it's like we want to do that cool stuff where you, it's like, oh, there's like a boss where you can only beat it by healing. But then there's, you know, a lot of people that play the game um, and they just they want to they want to get to a high level. They want to destroy everything. And then they, they come to those roadblocks. And it's really frustrating because it's it doesn't necessarily fit the normal gameplay pattern. Right. Um, and so that's why we made the compromise. It was like, all right, well, like we still want these like cool boss ideas, but once you get past level 1000, you can just kind of go forever. So um, we're, we're very on the fence about what to do in Soda Dungeon 2. We're kind of talking about the idea that the, the basic main dungeon that you start in won't have any bosses like that, but that we'd like to have some sort of alternate game mode where you either... I don't know if it would mix in levels of the current dungeon and or maybe somewhere else, but so, some sort of like alternate play area that would give bosses uh, certain abilities that you would have to try and plan for uh, in a run. So interesting, because um, huh. yeah, I, I, I see that, I see both that, sides that of go, it. Yeah, I, oh, I, I I see both sides of it. I like like getting past level a um, thousand and then just steamrolling everybody. But also, I mm-hmm. like that challenge because it was. I really had to think and plan my build differently, you know, to like be, it, it wasn't just oh, like, yeah. this is the build that works the best. I mean, in the end game, there is one, but up to that point, it's like, you need to try this one. Now you need to try this one and then you need to yeah. do this. So, yeah. And I, I like having that too. Um, and I would, uh, like, it, it kind of makes me sad that we would just like remove that. So I don't know. We, we definitely need to get some more feedback on it, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're just on the fence right now. I don't know how it's going to play out yet. So, and the, before we get into Brian's grievances, there, there's, there's, <laughs> two, there's two things that, that I, I want to um, kind of touch on. The, mm-hmm. the first one, one of the things that I noticed a lot about this game uh, that, especially nowadays, the, the majority of mobile games that you play, there becomes a point where you have to spend money. Oh, pay to win. Like, mm-hmm. you, have pay to to, win. you have to pay the, the developer, which... Again, as as somebody who loves games, I have no problem with. But when it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I'm literally spending like a hundred dollars a month on on a game that I have on my phone, like this is kind of ridiculous. I, I have paid you money, Sean. So just I, yeah, so but, I the, but the first time I'm like I'm like, man, I'm gonna unlock that no ads thing at a million, and I'm gonna unlock all the stuff get legit. And we did it once. We did it legit the first time. The yep. second time, I bought the clock so fast. I'm oh, like, yeah, so first I. thing, I'm like, I'm buying that. <laughs> So yeah, that's definitely our most popular uh, purchase is the clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just because it speeds things up. And once you get yeah. to a certain point, you're like, okay, this, this shit has to go. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I just, was, I love um, the idea behind that. Like it's like there, there are things like you can add the, the banner ads to, to have the, the 10% uh, gold mm-hmm. edition. You, you have things like you can, at the end of a run every hour, you can watch an ad and, and revive which, the team. Which is really useful if you're at a boss fight. Right. It's super And useful. so, like, all of them, everything that you have ad-wise in the game is not obnoxious. I it's feel- not like every run you have an ad at the end that you have to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it just, and everything has something attached to it that is actually helpful to where you're like, oh, okay, I, I probably should just watch through the ad right. on it's, this. I feel like it's really balanced and fair. Right, which, yeah. which is great because it's, like, I feel good about it because I, A, get, you know, an extra perk for for working through the dungeon but b i also know that i'm helping support you because as somebody who's done done seo and done uh, ad click and all those types of things like i know those things are important for for you as a developer Mm -hmm. to have those things for a financial purpose but none of it was ever obnoxious it was never like in your face like oh my god seriously another ad yeah it was all like okay cool i get this yeah um that, that was super important to us um just because like um I know Soda Dungeon's a mobile game, but I, I've never considered myself a mobile game player. I, I do play mobile games, but I've I kind of hate the like s- 
standard for mobile games, you know, that charge. And, and obviously, like, you know, free games have to charge you money for some reason. Right, but sure. It, it is just, it's very, like, kind of greedy, very slimy type of practice. Like, I, I still feel, like, weird about it myself because in Soda Dungeon, like, we used to not even have... Um, so like there's uh, you can buy all the upgrades and then once you get to a point in the game you can buy these tokens that like level up your relics faster and right. stuff like that. Um, we used to not even have that. Like I I I always hated those. Well, pretty much like what you see in the game where it's like buy five. Yeah, it's a package. Buy twenty five no. bucks and you get all these stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but when we looked at you know we can look at the stats and see that people are are paying for things. Like it used to just be that you could pay a dollar to level up your relics like a couple times or four times. I, I forget what the number was. Right. Um, but we look at our stats and we see that people were making a ton of these purchases and, and um, we're like, well, if, if people are buying it, like, why not just let them um, get more at a time for a discount? Like, they're clearly already doing it. So, like, you know, uh, I, I don't it, it didn't feel any more predatory to just put that option in the game. Well, it's actually it better that, for them. You're, you're like, yeah. here, you get a better deal if you guys are going to do it anyway. Yeah, for so. sure. And um, <clears throat> like what was important to me is that I think um, we even hide one of the purchases. I. I'm trying to remember. I think by default, the the most expensive purchase you can make is like twenty five dollars in tokens or something like that. Right. Um, we actually have a fifty dollar purchase, but it won't show up in, unless you have bought twenty five before. Like it's sort of like, all right, oh, well, hmm. if you're like that serious and you want to buy the twenty five package, like there's a fifty that will give you even more of a discount. But like, I, I hated even putting it in the game to like insinuate that like this is what you should be buying. Right. You know. Right. Uh, oh, that's really interesting. So. So we have that there. Um, we used to not even have ads. I think at the end of the dungeon run, that was just something the publisher uh, came up with. Right. Um, so yeah, over time, it was a, it was a really big learning experience, um, just because we kind of just like made a game and we when the game launched, we had ads like after every two or three dungeon trips. But I think that was like all we had. We didn't have the banner ads that gave you ten percent. Yeah. Um, we we had like almost nothing in the game except some ads, and then you could unlock those purchases. Um, so then, you know, as time went on, we, we like I said, we, we paid attention to what people, uh, what kind of feedback we were getting, what people wanted to buy. Um, I think, well, it was kind of funny because um, I think we sell a no ads upgrade for like 99 cents. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think uh, Armor Games like realized that at first because we just were talking about it one day and they're like, wait, this is only 99 cents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is such like, a deal. You're like, I don't want it, you know, that I'm like, sure, I'll pay that. So, um, and they're like, uh, that should probably be higher, but we'll just leave it as is. And I was like, okay. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that was just kind of our, our, our strategy was to just, um, not be a normal mobile game, I guess. It, it's weird, um, you know, talking to you guys and I've gotten feedback about it too, that a lot of people, they just play the game and they're like, Hey, um, I decided to buy something just cause like you guys aren't really greedy. Like just, just because yeah. of the fact that you, this doesn't piss me off. Like I bought no ads or I bought something else. So, Oh, totally. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I did. Which is, yep. which is like, it's kind of, it's kind of like sad in a way for like the, the games have come to that, you know, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And, and so I, you know, I, I guess, uh, we just, we kind of roll with it. So very cool. Well, thank you for doing that. Like Mike said, I, yeah, I, no, I, I, on behalf of all gamers <laughs> yeah, on, uh, for all of us, mobile gamers, yeah. like that, it was a big deal. Okay. I want to talk a couple of things about like my, my grievances with soda dungeon one, which I know are not your fault. <laughs> and then like, and then we can talk about soda dungeon two for a minute. So sure. basic, basic stuff first. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I wish I love the music 
for it. And I'm, I'll probably use some music at the end of this episode because it's, it's good. <laughs> but I wish that it had separate controls for the sound effects and the music. That's just like a housekeeping thing, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that's... Um... That's already in Soda Engine 2. Okay, that great. was um, one of the most requested things. And uh, it's 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 annoying because like I just set it up in a really bad way in the, the original game. Dang like, it, Sean, come on. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I was like, all right, well, like here's here's the audio portion of the program. I just kind of <laughs> fed everything into it. And I, I had no way to filter out sound effects versus music. Yeah. It was just everything was good getting piped through the same area that I could adjust the volume on. And um it just got to a point where like it was always on my to-do list, but like something else was always higher priority. Yeah. Like something else in the game had to be built. Right. And then um, as time has, has gone on, it just, you know, it was never high enough in the list that I had to do, to do it. And um, just by now we've transitioned into Soda Dungeon 2. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's I not, just, it's I not going to get down. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Fair enough. As long as it's yes. going to be the next one. Okay. So, okay. Just, and just real quick on that, on that topic, I want to know where you got the music from. Like, did somebody create that? Oh yeah. Who did the music? Um, a bunch of different people. It's really weird because we get, um, for the most part, we get a lot of compliments on the soundtrack and oh, it's um, awesome. very cool. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's like five different people um, just randomly. So um, Newgrounds has a thing on their website called the Audio Portal that people just upload music to for like free use. And so before we launched the game, I was just kind of like going through random tracks and just picking stuff out. And if I found something I liked, I just I, I sent a message to that person and I was like, hey, can I use this in Soda Dungeon and give you credit? And they're like, yeah, sure, go for it. Um, and that's like that was like three of the tracks. Um, I, I have two friends uh, that have worked on music for a long time, so each one of them made a track. Um, I think they kind of remixed some of their old music because they just wanted to have something in the game. Right. Um, <laughs> so they sent me a couple tracks over, and um, and that was about it. It was just it was just really haphazardly put together. And what's crazy about it is that if if you like actually listen to some of the tracks side by side, like if you compare uh, the tavern track uh, to like the uh, the track that plays in the ascension area of the dungeon, like the fidelity, uh, the music quality is like opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, the, like really? the tavern track, it's not bad, but it's like this very like compressed MIDI type sound. Uh -huh. And then, uh, and, and then that other track is almost like a, a dance mix, like club song. It, not <laughs> quite, but yeah. if you listen to the full songs, they're, they're insanely different. Um, but like no one seemed to care about that. No, it um, totally works. Like I never would have, <laughs> I never would have picked that out. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't sound like weird to me at all. I'm like, <laughs> I, I love the sound and the music for every area. Okay, so that's okay. Yeah, no, so that that that's my thing. Okay, so keep uh, going with your grievances. Uh, the grievances. Mm -hmm. I only have two more. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, the auto assign. This these are two AI issues. The auto assign when it's like okay, auto equip my guys. That works really well up to mm -hmm. a certain point. <laughs> where then I'm like, why would you give this item to this? This person is clearly a magic user, and you're giving him this stupid sword. I'm like, and then you just have to turn it off. Like when you get to the higher levels, it's just like it does not. Work. So I'm guessing that there's a numerical value assigned to each item in the game that says this is more valuable than this one, and it just goes off of that. Sort of, yes. Um, so, okay, actually, I thought your grievance was going to be something s slightly different. Oh, no, but that, that's my second one is probably going to be the one that you're thinking of. But <laughs> Okay, is that how it doesn't change to a higher level of that same item if you... No, I didn't, actually, I didn't uh, know I, it did. I noticed that well, was one of mine, actually. We'll step back real quick. Okay. So... Um, the uh, do you, you use the the loadout feature like the coat check option? I don't. I build every run. So when I okay, you don't go. save yours. So mm -mm. Oh, Brian. So that, I know. That sorry. was like sort of um, 
in response directly to the like magic versus non-magic type items, that was sort of what we decided to do on our end. Um, okay, so I'm just was, not using the game right. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, not necessarily, but uh, because I, I do agree that that would still probably be more convenient. But we, it, it did start to get into an area of like, well, like just in case, yeah, we kind of just do a um, basically like what's the strongest of each category and like give that you know right. to your next auto equip person, and then we we're like, well. Obviously, people are going to want to make different decisions. Like, they don't necessarily want the strongest item. They want something that gives them a different stat. Um, So that's why we built the coat check system that would basically let you specify which item of which type you would always give to um, a certain class. And that it would always pick out that item for you. Um, Gotcha. So you might find that more useful if you do that. I I do agree that it it probably should still differentiate between um, magic and non-magic type items. But it was just something that we didn't end up doing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it works fine for the, for the most part. But right. I, I saw that. I'm like, okay, okay, this guy needs a magic wand. This guy needs that. Okay, second thing is the auto combat with the AI at a certain point, especially, and this is your fault, Sean, on level 80, <laughs> level 80, you know, where I'm like, I'm like, guys, what? Like, I feel like an NFL, like, armchair quarterback where I'm like yelling. I'm like, why would you guys attack that guy this is clearly the biggest threat right here and if i'm like if there was just a little bit of of customization i guess is that the word i'm trying i'm looking for where i could say attack Um, this guy first use this spell first don't do this not like crazy stuff right well especially on level 80 because you're like okay you can't kill that guy i got so much more worked up (laughs) there than i thought i was going to so um okay so uh yes um uh, AI will be more customiz- customizable. Um, that is a tough word in Soda Dungeon 2. Um, we, we are playing with different systems. Um, so, yeah, a, a big complaint with Soda Dungeon 1 is just that, like, there'd be a lot of random scenarios in which the auto combat does something really stupid, like right. what you're describing. Or, like, the healer doesn't heal someone who just really should have been healed on a certain <laughs> right. turn and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you know, why, you know, people ask, why can't I adjust percentages and you stuff like that? You can heal people, you idiot! Yeah. <laughs> I have and, yelled and I was, at my I phone was really, many times. Uh, hesitant to, we almost did a feature where you could um, change the healing percent. Uh, for the healer, like when he would, uh, <clears throat> at what point he would try to target your other players. Um, but I was really worried that would just open up a huge can of worms of like, once we put that in the game, people would be like, oh, well, like, I want to change this and I want to change this and I want to yeah. change that. Yep. And that would have been fine. But to do that, you need to build like a whole system to support that kind of customization. Sure. And yeah. and so I was really hesitant to do that. So, I mean, it, it was sort of a cop out, but we're like, all right, well, um, especially in early game, our our, um, our go-to statement was kind of like, well, we always want it to be more, um, you know, your team should be able to make it farther if you take an active role in their their management. Which so, is which is true because I would turn it off. I'd be like, okay, this is serious business. I need to manage these ten levels. And in that <laughs> in that you succeeded because it's like, yeah, all right, I'm gonna get through this. And then I turn the auto come back back on. I'm like, guys, go do your thing. Right. So, um, and so, uh, yeah, but you definitely end up with those weird scenarios like the, the dude at level 80 and, and that just gets complicated because like, believe it or not, the, um, the chunk of code that does auto combat is already like very large. Even you, you would think it wouldn't be that complicated because it's kind of simple. It's like, well, you know, if someone's weak enough, heal them. And if not like do this attack and, and do this attack, but there's a lot of different combinations. Like certain characters have moves that hit everyone. Certain characters don't. Um, there's, uh, and then when you start throwing in those weird bosses, like ones that you can only heal or ones that you need to, uh, kill other things for, you really start like fragmenting. Like you just get this giant, giant 
like unmanageable list of conditions of like, oh, okay, like do all this, but wait a second, is it level eighty? Yeah, is it that a bunch of guy? like logic yeah. statements. So yeah, and oh, is that other guy on his team still alive? Okay, then you want to gonna want to attack this guy, even though you were going to do something else. Right. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. So we just uh, we uh, in one sense we we got a little bit lazy with it, where it was like, I, I guess we at that point we also weren't sure how many other. Um, different boss like scenarios we were going to add in right like special enemies that had unique traits and quirks and it was like all right well like we don't even know how much we have to account for yet so we just we kind of left it with the base uh setup and then um you know as as when the game was out and as we uh monitor feedback and stuff like that uh, basically like it sounds like a negative way to look at it, but we, we kind of just listen to what people complain about the most and try to fix that stuff. And, and that's the one of those squeaky wheel like, hits degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, that would certainly come up from time to time, but it just seemed like there were always other things that people either wanted more or hated more that we would try to sure. uh, fix. It's like not, so. it's not that big. And in fact, I almost laugh about it now because I know how to deal with it. At least mm-hmm. it's like, I'm like, all right, I know once I get to like level 491, <laughs> I got I to gotta drive because you guys are going to be stupid. You're not going to be able to get through there. And then yeah. I, I turn it back on. Yeah, so. like there, there's, a, there's technically a bug in the game that um, it, it's, it's kind of a bug, kind of like a not working as intended thing. But And you've probably seen it. I don't know what exactly triggers it, but if you get to a certain point in the game and you uh, open the treasure chest, you might get a bunch of stools, like two or three stools yeah, out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's and, not, and that's, that's just, not by design. I thought that was just like you just thumbing your nose at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was, um, it's just that the game has a, um, whenever it picks an item for you, it go, you know, it has a randomization thing where it tries to like look at all the items. It goes to, to the table and, and look and it, it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, d- does a look up and tries to roll for anything. And if it gets, if it goes through too many cycles, like if it loops too many times and it doesn't find anything, it just defaults to a stool, which it, it should, it should at least default to the weakest item of that set, like in that area. <laughs> Um, no, weakest but, item, period. <laughs> <laughs> so it defaulted to a stool, and I never thought much of it. And, you know, eventually people would post these screenshots and be like, dude, why? Like, I'm at level, like, 10 million, not 10 million, <laughs> like, you know, 100,000, whatever, and I'm still getting, like, three level one stools. Like, what the hell is this? And, like, I just thought it was hilarious because I was like, at this point in the game, you already have, aside from some of the crazy rare items, you probably already have 99 of, like, every rare item. Right. So It's like, that, that's, it's just funny now. Like, that didn't bother me. That wasn't even coming yeah, up on my list. It, it well, was, it's, it's it, be- it was funny to me um i don't know <clears throat> if all of our users uh find that funny but it, i find it, wasn't it funny a high enough priority to um fix so that's I, the way it, it is <laughs> i guarantee that a lot of it comes from the fact that like some of us are always expecting something else so when we get three stools we're like <laughs> fuck you there should be something new <laughs> yeah yep Okay, and then my last thing before we go on to soda dungeon 2 and we talk about that for a few minutes is and i'm hesitant on this one because I, I sometimes I wish it could run in the background because I'm like I have to have my phone open oh, yeah. for it to right. work and and I'm like and like and, and I waste hours and, and battery time <laughs> and I'm like and part of me like I like the fact that it's not this idle game and but part of me is like man there this is going to be a deep run I'm like I need to do other things I want it to go so what what are your plans on that and Soda Dungeon two. So, um, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because that's actually, uh, we recently did on Reddit, we posted a Q and a thread of like, Hey, we're, um, like later this month, I'm going to record a video response to a bunch of questions and stuff like that. You and guys are such the, babies. Can you just not wait for a little bit for me to play <laughs> out this game? That's what and I would say. By far the most uh, upvoted question in that thread is like, Hey, am I going to be able to play the game in the background? Right. Um, so, and, and I'm going to address that, but, um, since you brought it up, I might, I might as well jump into it. Um, so Dungeon two is built with that 
the, the groundwork is there for it to do that, but it's very complicated. Um, so the first thing you run into is the fact that Soda Dungeon is not a typical idle game, where a lot of idle games are more formulaic. Like you have, um, if you're playing, you know, Clicker Heroes or, or Adventure Capitalist or whatever, you have a certain number of things that generate some either damage or currency for you, mm-hmm. and then you have an amount of time that you play the game. And there's obviously some variables in there, but for the most part, you can kind of multiply it out and say, okay, well, if you're if you're generating these numbers for this period of time you're going to get this final number, right. whether it's damage or currency or whatever. And Soda Dungeon, you, you can't quite do that because there's you can make like broad sweeping generalizations about certain areas of the, of the game, but every single battle is like on the fly, like a, a unique battle. E- even if your team is just doing the same thing each time, they, they might not. Like there's a, there's a ton of things, no, like I, the status I, effects. I've noticed that to where poison. it's like, I'll be going through a, like the same 10 levels and I'll like, I'll get to like 493 and i'll stop and then i'll be like do the same run with the same build the same guys and then they just they go in another 40 levels because there's randomization in there and i like mm-hmm. that about the game so i get that yeah uh you, you know so stuff like that um the fact that you can give your team all kinds of different equipment sometimes you give your characters uh the fact that they can evade uh certain attacks the fact that they can reduce the damage of certain attacks a lot of variables um, going in there yeah there, there's a ton of variables for how any given battle plays out even though once you get to a certain point like we talked about before, you definitely get to that point where you just steamroll and you just kind of like <laughs> blast the enemies away every single time. Um, you still kind of have to account for all the things that can happen. And so that's what makes it really tough to, because um, the way it works, and uh, I I, um, I might need to do more research on this and I could be wrong, but the thing is um, when you run a game, you can't actually run it in the background because right. kill the, the battery. So there's two things that can happen. One, you can have, you can have an app that's kind of minimized. Like if you watch, uh, like if you use YouTube or Twitch sometimes on a mobile device, sometimes it'll kind of like put it in the corner and it'll be like running at the same time as something else is. Right. right. Uh, so that's an option. I, I don't know. Um, you typically don't see that with games because of their their battery consumption. So I don't think we're going to do something like that. Or a server. Um, you need a server. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, technically, yes. Uh, that that would be the, the load on the servers to run <laughs> that, that many copies of Soda Dungeon. Hey, I don't think we, we could come afford. Come on, Sean. <laughs> hey, can't you do that for us? That'd be the, That's the best solution for me as the no. consumer. I'm just um, saying, okay. Hey, right, back fine. off. Back off, okay, Brian. All right, sorry, sorry. And then, um, so, and then your other option is to do what uh, most idle games do, is that they just calculate it um, immediately. So if you leave the game and come back, They'll say, well, right. you were gone for two hours, so they run their formula, and it's like, oh, okay, here's here's what you would have made. So it's not that it's like really playing the game. It's kind of instantly doing a calculation and giving you your progress. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. If, I, I kind of like the first one better. I don't like yeah. that it's just some calculation. I like the randomness, so I, I don't know. So, so what I did, and I don't know how this is going to play, entire dungeon uh, exists in, like, data only. So in the first game... You couldn't um, you you couldn't separate animations and game logic and game state. It was just all one continuous thing. Like you could right. speed it up with the clock, or you could do stuff like that. But at the end of the day, one couldn't survive without the other. The the data had to wait for the animations to play. The animations had to get their information from the data to like give you the Soda Dungeon experience. Okay. Um, and Soda Dungeon Two, the entire dungeon is just a big. D- basically a, a class, a data object that just runs itself, and it can run as fast as uh, the computer will let it. So uh, what what I have on top of that is I have this thing I call the um, the Dungeon Observer. And the Dungeon Observer observes the dungeon, and anytime something happens, um, it will 
pause the dungeon, it will come back and say, okay, uh, it, it'll like find the character. Like the, the dungeon will say, oh, uh, character one attacked a rat. So then the observer says, okay, I've loaded a rat and a character on the screen. Let me play that animation. Cool. Um, now I'll give control back to you. And then the dungeon goes back and does its next thing until this, its next stopping point. And then it, it's a constant back and forth, like data exchange of, you know, things happening and the observer shows you what's happening. Right. Um, so that that's what we have. So now I can, if I want to, I can remove that observer portion and, you know, just instantly run battles. But there's still a lot more time consuming um, than uh, than running a, a calculation for something like much more formulaic. So like, for example, if you, if, if I took away the observer portion, let's say you started a run that, um, you know, you get into something crazy like a two or three day run where you you leave the game, you know, gone that long um, and you open the game back up and it, it tries to recalculate that. Even though it's running instantly, it's still going to, like the, the game's going to freeze for like, minutes to yeah, like calculate to catch up on that, all like, the stuff that happened like, in that time man. yeah it, it would literally have to simulate like a hundred thousand battles or whatever and right. it would just like it would probably crash um so that ability is there but i don't think we can implement it in the way that most other games do right so there's from there we kind of have two options we either set up an alternate game mode that's sort of like takes out the randomness and, and basically is like, hey, you can play the main Soda Dungeon experience. Also, you can send a team off into this, like, side dungeon. And oh, you'll just, like, yeah, yeah. I've seen that know, before. In the, in the background, just over a period of time, you will just automatically accumulate gold and other stuff kind of randomly, but at a lower percentage you w- that you would in the main game. Right. So that way you can get the, those earnings. Um, so we may do something like that, and then we may also do something kind of in between where um, that, that thing I mentioned with how the, the game could like simulate the, the dungeon experience where like, and I don't know if this would be like a premium feature or uh, exactly how we would implement this, but something where you could kind of open up a special screen and it would run the game much, much, much faster, but not instantly. So you mm. could see like, like each battle might take one or two seconds, right? And you could like see like, um, watch basically like a list of incoming data of like, okay, enemy died, enemy died, enemy died, player died, earn this item, next battle. You know, it would just be this really quick abridged version um, that you could watch happen sometimes. I would I uh, would like that. I would vote for that option. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, just sit there so, and, and, and yeah. watch this stuff happen. Um, and so, yeah, w- um, I don't know what exactly it's going to be, but we, we will address it, it um, in the most realistic way possible, I suppose. Um, <laughs> what makes it tough, though, two things make it tough. Um, it, it sort of affects our revenue model. Like, we can't do the banner ads anymore. Yeah. Like, if, if, if people kind of switch to only playing, you know, when they uh, calculating the results when they come back, then we kind of miss out on um, banner ads and stuff like that. And also, we have to be a lot more strict with time, um, pro- like, making sure people don't cheat the time aspect. You know, uh, we got to make sure people don't, Start start to run, minimize their game, set their clock ahead ten hours, and come back. Oh, and they just, they I, have, I have utilized that in other games before. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I have done. for sure. And, and you can you can do that in Soda Dungeon One with the banker. The banker gives you a return on your investment yeah. for your gold, and you can cheat that. And it's just like there's not a lot we can do about it. Um, so we can do that in Soda Dungeon Two, but we need to start doing. Um, we would basically have to confirm with the server like what the time was when they started, confirm when they come back. Um, that introduces other issues. Like a lot of people like to play Soda Dungeon offline. So to take that ability away could be frustrating. Yep. Um, 
And then if, if weird scenarios where they start the game online and they have a server verified time, then the game goes offline, they disconnect from their router and they, they try to start back up, then the game's gonna pause and it's gonna be like, well, here's your run, but we can't verify the server time. So like, I don't know what to give you. Um, try to get back to an inter- internet connection, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's not going <laughs> Stuff like that. Hmm. So I, I love it, that. It's definitely, it's definitely a high priority of consideration, but we really have to figure out the best way to do it first. Sure. No, that makes sense. And, and I, I know that there's a, a lot more that goes into a game than just like, we want this. And then you're like, okay, we'll do that. Oh, no, that's the way <laughs> I, want it. I want it to be that. It's just a wish list of like everything that I want. Yes. So I love, I love that both Brian and I have just set out new loadouts as we're like sitting here. <laughs> well, I've got to be level 600. I'm not trying to be rude. I just, I just got to set this up and then, you know, I'm listening. So I, I know we, we told you about an hour and we're already like, you know, 10, 15 minutes I, I past have, that. I but have two I, questions left. I know. I, there's so many things that I could ask. It's still like I have all these new ideas of things. I'm like, ooh, what about <laughs> well, this? I so, don't want to talk so to you about this. My two questions and then maybe Mike can add. Like, I, I just want to hear just a brief because I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been so nice no, to like, no, come on the show. No problem. No problem. Is um, like kind of some things that you're looking forward to about Soda Dungeon 2 or like some of the things you're most excited about. And then. Are you working on any any other projects? I mean, surely it's not like uh, this. You know, Sean exists to create Soda Dungeon and Soda Dungeon <laughs> that's games. That's it. You know what? Like, what else are you working on, or anything sure. else? So those are the two um, questions that I have. Sure. Uh, okay. So real quick, the the other um, side projects. Um, not a lot, but I do. I've had this game idea that I've been working on for a very long time, mostly in concept. That I just kind of like. Uh, take notes on and I, I pay people to do concept art every now and then and it's just like you know like one one day every few weeks I'll spend a few hours on it or I'll talk to some people um, it, it's nothing crazy it's basically just like an RPG game uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time um, it's it's somewhat in the vein of like a Mario RPG kind of game like Paper Mario okay cool. um, oh. and that that that's like one of those like pure passion projects. Um, I mean, I love Soda Dungeon. I love working on it. I love the feedback we get from it. But like from a more like personal childhood um, type of like, I guess, uh, position, this, this other game is like this thing that, like I've always wanted to do. Um, but it's it's like massive in scope. It's like a fully featured like RPG experience with a story and like all this stuff. So I, I don't, you know, I don't like jump into that too much because I realize how much of an undertaking it is. But it's just, it's nice every now and then to, to just like, chunk out a few hours and, and do something and, and like look at it as this like thing that could be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, and, and I won't, I, I guess I, I wouldn't go into too much detail on that because it's so early and it's, it's concept and it's just like a lot of ideas at this point really. But, um, there is that draw. A lot of people our age, just real quick, love that the 16 bit RPG super Mario on the seven stars oh, chrono totally. trigger. Like there's a oh, guy yeah, yeah, that, sure. uh, his name is uh, Andrew Versa. He, he goes by the name Zircon, and he does a lot of like really cool music. And he just did a a sixteen bit game huh. called I think it's Tangle Deep or Tangle Wood or something like that. And okay. so like everybody, I, there's just something appealing about that nostalgia of the eight bit and the sixteen bit RPG before oh, totally. things were ridiculously complicated. Because Soda I Dungeon know, yeah. is the right amount of complicated and simple, if that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, in for a long not for a long time, but I feel like a few years ago, like you'd kind of get people would start saying like, Oh, when's this like pixel art going to die out? Like, when are we going to oh, move never. past it? And it's like, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think we ever are because it's just good. Like it's just a good aesthetic. And it, it doesn't mean that, yeah, 3d games look amazing. Like playing like horizon zero dawn is, is insane. Like it's not even just any, any modern 3d game. Um, but I just, I don't think there's ever going to not be a place for, uh, like good 
quality 2D games. Right. Um, I, and I'm with it. Like people are like, oh, as soon as the graphics get to real life, I'm like, that's not what mm-hmm. makes a game good. It can have like the stupidest graphics. Like there's a game out right now where it, it's literally you go and it's it's dwarves and they they mine. Have you heard about this? And it's so it's completely text based. Oh yeah. Um, God, I can't think of the name of but it. But you know what I, I'm talking I, I about. I played it, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, um, and, and it's just like, that is such a popular... Dwarf Fortress? Yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah. And to the point where you have to buy a third-party application to get it to even do, like, DOS graphics, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's just... And people play this all the time. I'm like, the game experience is not just based on graphics. People get so hung up on that. Oh, it's the graphics. I'm like, no. It's the style and the gameplay. If you have a good game, graphics are kind of secondary, but... Yeah, game, gameplay will always win out, like, no matter what. So oh, totally. You mm. don't have to worry about that. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, so that's that was my little bit of a side project. Um, Astro Soda Dungeon 2... Uh, this is going to sound silly. What I'm personally most excited about is the fact that I'm making it in Unity now. Oh, uh, yeah, the, cool. The, the last <clears throat> the last game was made in... Um, oh, sorry, I think I might be <clears throat> losing my voice. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> normally I don't talk this much. I just I spend all day in my, in my office. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't talk to people. Um, <laughs> you're, so, you're doing good. You're doing really good. <laughs> all right, perfect. Um, the previous game was not made in Unity. It was made in uh, basically a software framework similar to Flash. Um, and I can't complain because it, it did what we needed to do, but it didn't age well. It doesn't have a lot of community support. It's very obscure in a lot of ways. And it's, it's prevented us in a lot of cases from properly updating Soda Dungeon 1 um, in, in a timely, realistic manner. Um, a lot of the updates we've done for Soda Dungeon 1 have been very painful to get uh, as like standards for the app stores change and, and, and uh, change over time for us to like keep up with certain um, basically new versions of the Google SDK or the Apple SDK. Right. Uh, it's harder and harder to make those changes that we need to the original game. So just moving to Unity gives me a lot more flexibility with um, future-proofing the game, getting it out onto more systems and um, doing – well, Unity is more powerful too. It lets you just do – more impressive things. So uh, just having, basically it feels like I've taken Soda Dungeon and brought it into 2018. So it's just, it's it's so much easier to work on. Which is um, exactly what I want to do. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, please just give me a, an updated version of Soda Dungeon and I'll be happy for a long time. <laughs> that's, and I mean, honestly, like that's, that's pretty much our our design goal is is um, we took a look at everything in Soda Dungeon One and we're like okay how do we how can we make this just a little bit better yeah not, not that not that everything is better a lot of stuff is similar but like even if it's just like it looks a little bit better or there's an extra stat here or like there's the item like does this extra thing like there's just everything we tried to just you know crank the dial up on just a little bit um, so that the the only thing I'm scared about at this point. Um, well, two things. One, hopefully we don't, um, in some ways, we, we got lucky with some of Soda Dungeon 1 with how, you know, you were mentioning how you get to a certain point and, like, the math takes over. And, and like, there were certain aspects of the gameplay that just, they, they came together so well. Yeah. Even after we designed certain things, like, things that surprised us that were like, okay, this, like, really works. So... I don't want to overthink Soda Dungeon 2 of like, okay, we've got to like, we've got to get this new feature and we've got to like put this in. And then like, I don't want to like ruin what we've made for Soda Dungeon 1 with some, you know, little tweak here or there. Right. Um, and I get that. Because yeah, it's so like, it, like it, it works so well. Just so it's like, it's like, okay, maybe let's just yeah. improve on that. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Um, so that and just the fact that um, I, I don't know, like the game has new stuff. For example, like uh, one of our, 
one of the, the, the things we've enjoyed making so much is that the new game has like, it has more of a town to it. So it's not just the tavern. There's like a tavern and a soda uh, or not a soda, oh. sorry, a carpenter shop. Um, there's like the wizard has his own little house and it's, it's much more like fleshed nice. out in that manner. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I guess I, I, I hope people aren't disappointed that it is just so far. It's, it's a very much, it's very much a better version of soda dungeon one. It's not, I, I wouldn't, um, <clears throat> people shouldn't come into this expecting like a brand new gaming experience. Um, so I hope that, uh, that there's at least enough new bells and whistles to like get people back into it, you know, which I, I mean, I, I hear you say that and I'm like in my, my reaction to that is like, Oh, thank God. Cause like, I hate <laughs> when you play yeah. a game that you like really get into and then like the second level or version or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, you know, whatever they do as their second game is still called the same thing, but then it's a totally, you have to relearn the entire system. And Mm -hmm. it's, so for example, like one of my all time favorite games is the, the NHL series on from EA. And Mm -hmm. I, I've just grown up on hockey. And the thing that I love about their games is it's, it's perpetually like other than maybe, I think it was 2013, uh, they switched over to the new type of, um, you know, you have two joysticks and the D-pad and all that kind of like the new controllers, right. um, and it became more of a simulation. But every time that they release a new year of that game, it's still the same thing. We all still know how to play it, but there's a few different things and variables in there that you have to get used to. Whether it's a physics engine, whether it's uh, you know the way that you the goalie reacts to something, something like that. And so I'm honestly I'm totally on board with the fact that it's it's a same a similar type of a game just kind of upgrade it a little bit because that's, that's what I'm looking for. Like, I don't want it to change. Like I, yeah, I love this that's, game. You know, th- that's kind of what we're, we're banking on because a lot of the feedback we've received is, um, a plenty of people are excited for soda dungeon too, but we definitely have, um, uh, a noticeable amount of people that were, are, I don't want to say they're mad, but they're like, Oh, why, do, why can't you just update soda dungeon one? Just like add more enemies and stuff to it. And right. it's, so it's, it's like, well, it's not that easy because the game just wasn't made to be updated that much. Sure. I mean, and there's a lot more factors, but it's just, you know, uh, we just we needed to move to uh, an updated like fresher version to build on like a better base, um, you know. So we don't have to. Hopefully, we don't have to do things like hack in the layer of despair where we're just like <laughs> we're like we're like quickly uh, changing wires behind the scenes to make things work, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, and I'll just echo Mike's sentiments. I mean, one of my favorite games is um, you know Goldeneye on the sixty four, and oh, it's like God, yeah. and, oh, classic, and, and, yeah, classic, right? And I'm like, Mike, I wish some studio would just take that. And just update it. Like, that's it. Yep. Don't try and make a new version. And it, and it's like, honestly, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, too. I'm like, I understand that the way you built the architecture behind Soda Dungeon 1, like, you needed to start over with something better and to make it more upgradable and easier to, to manage. But then it's like, mm-hmm. you have this awesome game. Like, just just take it and make it a little bit better in these ways. Like, because I can yeah. see you, how you kind of did that in Soda Dungeon 1 after the fact. It's like, okay, Lair of Despair, that's just the, the repurposed main dungeon and things like that. But it works great. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I I can probably speak for all the fandom, but I'm like, that's pretty much exactly what we want to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope it works out, um, and uh, and uh, we'll probably uh, based based on that, like what we've talked about. The thing I'm probably most excited to get out there is that um, we're looking forward to having some form of customizable AI where you can kind of give it a like decision tree. Yeah. Um, so and, and it's it's like sort of ambitious because I I've touched on it like I started working on it a few months ago and I I got like a little too deep into it and I was like oh I don't know I I actually 
made like a miniature programming language that you could use to to control your characters. But I was like, this is like way too much. Like we we can't. Right. People. Because I, I don't want to like program. I, the, I don't want game, it. Yeah, you know? I want it to be like maybe a little bit more customizable. But I don't want to get in the weeds and be like, okay. There's a hundred scenarios that could happen right now, <laughs> and this is what you're going to do in every single one of them. And it, yeah, yeah. it's like, um, it, you know, Soda Dungeon is not. It's you can play it, and you can be not involved at all, or you can be like super involved in it. And even then, it's like the perfect amount of like I want to check out a reality and play this game. You know, it's mm-hmm. not going to take over my life, which I really enjoy that about it. Yeah. So hopefully we're on the right track, but we'll just have to. Uh, I, I'm also, you know, I'm. I'm also really excited to get this alpha out just to um, have it in players' hands, just to get that just that initial feedback uh, and confirmation of like, okay, this is good. We're good with what we have. Now let's like, let, let's finish it. Let's let's ex- uh, execute on it, you know? Sure. Very cool. <laughs> so so I, I feel like we've taken up more of your time than, than we should have. So before... It's bef- no problem. I know. Like I have so many things that I just want to ask well, you personally you still. Fan boy out about it. <laughs> Uh, well, well, maybe we'll do after Soda Dungeon Two comes out. Maybe we'll we'll uh, reach out to you again, and we'll have sure. you back on and, and chat some more. Yeah, no problem. Because um, I'm sure that I could do this for like two or three episodes because I love <laughs> this game. But before we go, um, I just I want to give you an opportunity. Do you, do you have a website? Do you have you know something that that you want to put out there and, and make sure that people hear about other than just like go download Soda Dungeon, which we're just gonna <laughs> blast people about now. <laughs> um, the I mean, honestly, the only other thing I can think of is just that. Um, yeah, like I have a website, but it's my old Flash games. Like it's so out of date. I don't even tell people about that. <laughs> I, I guess it would just be like you can follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, my my Twitter is at a n p sean, um, and that's uh, I, I often cross post between Soda Dungeon and my personal account just to kind of like sure. talk about the game and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, sure. Go follow me on Twitter. Um, I, I do like other small stuff too. Like I have a I have a YouTube channel set up, but. It's mostly just to do Soda Dungeon updates. So (laughs) if you follow us on Twitter, you're going to see me post an update that says, hey, go to my YouTube and here's a video about what we're working on. So it kind of just all goes together. Which I love just as like a a quick end note. Like I I love the one of the last ones that I watched um, from you because I keep up on like every probably month or so. I I Google Soda Dungeon 2. Like, where is it at? (laughs) And I love the the last one that you did. um, your, Your commentary on just the... Uh, the psychology behind like, you know, when Soda Dungeon 1 came out, nobody knew about it. So we weren't waiting for anything. But now Soda (laughs) Dungeon 2 is coming out. (laughs) We're all all waiting. Why is it not here yet? God, (laughs) it's it's taking so long. It's it's hard because they just they tell you that like when you work on a game, you got to you got to get it out there early. You got to tell people about it. You got to get people interested. But the flip side of that is that that's just going to be that much longer before the next they're one. gonna be able to play it so <laughs> yeah i'm i'm surprised at the impact it had on us because like when we finished it i'm like immediately at google soda dungeon 2 and it's like <laughs> and i'm like there there's gotta be another one. Oh man it's just like there are not many games that like really hit me like kind of the games of my youth did where it's like okay that yeah. that means something to me and in like a personal and nostalgia way. And I'm like, it's simple enough to where I can wrap my head about it. I'm like, these are my guys, you know, they're going on a run. I'm like, come on, get them. And it's just, mm-hmm. and it's, I, I don't know if that's the, how you designed it, but you, you made a really cool game that like hits me in kind of an emotional place for like being something <laughs> so like stupid is like, okay, it's send this drunk right. guy into the dungeon and like go, <clears throat> and you set it up like, oh, by the way, you're a coward, but you can hire these other guys <laughs> to go adventuring. That's yeah. the premise of the game. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the most I can say about that is just that I, I think if um, I, I think a lot of people thankfully have had that uh, similar sort of feeling and reaction to the game. And I think it's just because, um, you know, not to sound silly, but like 
the us the people that made it just feel the same way like it was just our version like yeah you can you can download mobile games and plenty of games are um somewhere in the rpg to idle click your hero type of spectrum but um you know this was just like our version of it just like two guys that played a lot of video games that had those similar feelings just made our own game and we did our best to not be too shitty with it like obviously you know we still have our we have our in-app purchases because you gotta but um sure you know we just uh we did what we could with it yeah well and you have two fans for life. And <laughs> When's Soda I, Dungeon 3 going to come out, John? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to start asking uh, that right now. Hopefully, hopefully Soda Dungeon 3 never has to exist. <laughs> well, hopefully Soda Dungeon 2, we can just like build on it's, keep updating. It's the StarCraft 2 of like Soda Dungeon. It just keeps getting yes. better and better. Okay, all right. I, I, I accept your answer. I accept that as a possibility. All right, well, I, I know you have... I mean, it's 4.30 of your time. We, you have tons that, that you probably still have to do. So... We will let you go. I just personally thank you. I, I, I've loved doing this podcast for the past uh, two or three months because it, it provides a, a medium to kind of reach out to people. And I was really excited when you responded and, and sure, actually sure. Uh, reached, yeah, this, reached back out. So I, I thank you so much for, for giving us an opportunity to basically fanboy for an hour and a half. <laughs> no problem. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed, you know, talking about the game and explaining things as well. And, um, you know, it's good for us too because, like, um, uh, on our Twitter, I can I can send out a message and be like, "Hey, check out!" Like, I I talked to Mike and Brian on the podcast, and like, you know, listen to me sure. talk about Soda Dungeon for a little bit if you want. You know, stuff like that. Very cool. Can we yeah. can we maybe have you and Pox back on like uh, next year sometime after things kind of settle down with Soda Dungeon too? Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely. Um, um, oh, I don't know. I, I feel like Pox doesn't do a lot of like. At least um, you then. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be around for sure. Um, we'll see if we can get Pox in too. But either way, uh, yeah, no problem. Just just let me know. Very yeah, cool. No, we, we would love to have you back on again after after two drops and uh, you know things kind of settle a little bit. But I, yes. that would be a lot of fun to, to chat about things again. But I... I love this episode. Like this has been so much fun to, to get to talk to you. And, and yeah. I know, I know for, for most of our listeners, you know, you guys are probably not going to know what this game if is. If you're still listening at this point in time, we, we love Bravo. you. This is like, you this guys, is a this self-indulgent is episode. Of street, this, sort of this is, this is just like giant nerddom. But if you've listened to this far and, and we'll probably put a, a plug in the beginning of this episode too, just because I want to make sure people go try this. But um, uh, please go play Soda Dungeon and keep an eye out for when two drops because it's if you're into to eight bit games, if you're into uh, you know old school NES, RPG, if you're yep. if you're the if you're in the millennial area where you're like the the elder millennial and you, you, <laughs> we, you we're, the, we're the Oregon Trail generation, you know <laughs> who you are, you know who you mm-hmm. are, then yeah. you will definitely love this game. You need to go try it and definitely you know support Sean and, and the things that he does because it's it's a blast. So. Yeah. Um, Sean, thank you so much thank for, you, Sean. for coming sure. on. Thanks for having me. And thanks for making the game. And thanks for all your hard work on Sunday <laughs> Dungeon 2. <too. laughs> so. um, I'll, I'll be in touch with you as far as when. This will probably uh, drop next week at some point. Um, okay. And then we can kind, kind of keep in touch on that. And then I'm holding sure. you to, you know, we're, we're going to be on the beta. <laughs> we're going to get to play we're the gonna beta. Be in, we're going to be in the alpha, man. <laughs> That's true. I, but, I wish I could say it was beta, but we're 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 like we're close to beta, but it's just I'm gonna I'm gonna call it alpha to be safe. Okay, I don't care. Right, it's right. a different game, and we love you, and we want to <laughs> yeah. play it anyways. Perfect. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Sean. Take care. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. No problem. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Man, one of the things I like about this podcast, we're just gonna keep rolling. Is that. <laughs> right. 
like we never would have gotten to talk to him if we never had had the no. podcast. And that was awesome. It's like we get to talk to this guy that like made one of our favorite video games. And if you're still listening at this point in time, you are a true fan. I yeah, so, seriously. Like I'm pretty sure that the majority of that episode, like people are like, what is happening? It's right like now? so niche and highly contextual. <laughs> this isn't adulting, yeah. but it is adulting. Okay, and, and how it's adulting because you all do this. I know you guys do that. You have something that you just like check out of reality with and that's what you're doing yep so this is one of the things that we did with that no that was that was a lot of consider fun consider this a break from adulting and then we're gonna get yeah. right back into it and we are we're, we're gonna go record uh well actually you'll probably hear this episode no you'll hear it after this this will be um you'll have already yeah we're gonna do another one uh that you'll hear probably a week uh previous to when this one drops but um yeah you so wanna- i guess do we do we have some outro stuff? Oh, do we have some? Outro oh, we music? have outro stuff. Yeah. So for for us, I, I I've done a bad job at this. I need to get back into it. But you know, go subscribe on <laughs> on iTunes. Uh, follow us on on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. We actually just surpassed a thousand followers on Instagram. Woo! Uh, you guys are awesome. I love all of you. Uh, but it's uh, at Stupid Adulting for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, hashtag Adulting uh, and other bad ideas podcast. Shoot us an email, hashtag Adulting Podcast at gmail.com if you want to talk to us. Uh, and of course, uh, as always, support our Patreon. Uh, just look up hashtag Adulting and other bad ideas. Uh, or I think it's actually backslash Stupid Adulting. And you can uh, support us if you want to. So with that, we're going to close it out. So you're not going to know what it is. Play me out, bitch. Oh, God. Really? What? It's appropriate for the episode. I know. Okay. Well, that's it. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the dungeon. I'm on level 177. Go play Soto Dungeon. I'm on level 177 in the seventh dimension right now. Uh, I'm on like level 300 or something in the layer of despair. But anyway, <laughs> nobody cares. Okay. Nobody knows what this is. Well, guys. Go play the game and talk to us about it. Uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. <laughs>